Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Podaria. I'm your host, Akanksha Podaria, and I'm really glad to be back and recording today. So today's guest is the founder and executive director of She Did That, a youth and female-led organization that empowers women through sharing stories of inspirational women today. Their Empowerment blog showcases the power of the female voice, and She Did That also hosts panel events, live Q&As, and much more to help connect females to girl bosses all over the world. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Heron So. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Akanksha. Yeah, anytime. All right. So just before we get started, do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Heron So. I'm currently a rising senior at Chantilly High School, which is just outside of um, D.C. and Fairfax County. Um, Outside of She Did That, which is probably my biggest hobby, um, I'm really involved in student advocacy at my own school and in my county, as well as kind of grassroots political movements um, and outreach, as well as um, campaign advocacy in that sense. Um, but aside from all of that, I love traveling and in D.C. Um, I love exploring new like coffee shops and instagrammable like photo walls with my friends um and listening to music so yeah that's great all right so we can just hop right into she did that so how exactly did you come up with the whole concept or how did it start? yeah so I love answering this question because I think it all started I can just think of like one moment where everything began um and I think it's when I listened to an interview. Um, I can't exactly remember what interview it was, but I remember they were interviewing Oprah Winfrey, who has always been one of my longstanding role models. Um, And I remember just like hearing her story, how she got to where she was today. And I just felt so empowered. Um, And I thought, wow, like women are so amazing. Like they overcome so many things they are so strong and resilient um, and they have to go through so much to get to where they are and they still get there um, and do amazing things. So I felt really empowered just listening to Oprah. um, And I thought, wow, like maybe like hearing women's stories is something that could really benefit me. And as a girl back then, which was only two, three years ago um, where I didn't know what I wanted to do, which I still don't know what I want to do exactly. But um, I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk to women in different career fields, kind of reach out, hear what it's like, how they got there, um, what struggles they face and how, what it's like to be a woman in that kind of workplace, which is still unfortunately a question that we have to think of today. Um, But through that, um, whether it was just talking to um, my brother's fiance, um, who actually works in business consulting, um, or just reaching out and cold emailing a bunch of random role models that I looked up to, I thought that hearing these stories was something that couldn't just benefit me, but could benefit girls worldwide. Um, And I thought that it would just be amazing to kind of have a platform where all of these stories can be heard and shared um, in a way that girls can easily accept, uh, access these stories um, and listen to them and kind of feel empowered and have the same feeling that I did when I first listened to Oprah. So since then, um, I it's been a long process. 
at first, um, it was just me. I was cold emailing. I would send maybe like 50 to 100 emails um, every week. Um, and from every like 100 emails I would send, I would get maybe like four or five emails back um, with three or four of them being rejections or that um, the woman was congratulating me on my project, just didn't have enough time to talk, um, which I completely understand because women are amazing. The women that I've interviewed or that I've emailed, like I'm just shocked that they even had the time to respond to me. Um, but from there, from the few that do reply, um, I've got to have such meaningful conversations um, and it's really helped me kind of see the world through a different lens, I guess, um, and see what it's really like to be a woman um, and not just um, from my own perspective, from but from perspectives of all ages and of all like career women. Um, and that's, I guess, like where it started and how it's kind of formed from there. And we started a website. Um, I've been thankful to have a bunch of multiple different types of women in different kinds of career fields um, have the time to either email me back and kind of like correspond via email or even get on a phone call or zoom call with me. So it's been really amazing. That is amazing. Wow. So many, like, there's always like a start to everything, you know, like, and I think um, your start is definitely inspiring. Um, hearing from someone that you look up to. And again, that's the best thing. So um, what exactly is she did that? I know you already, I know I covered it in the intro a little bit and you already spoke about it a little bit, but we just want to go into detail about what yeah, it is. Yeah, of course. So um, at first we called it, she did that blog. Um, our Instagram handle is at she did that blog still. Um, but I think since the start, we've grown into something so much more, which is why I like to call it a youth and female led organization. Um, because we aren't just telling stories anymore, but we're kind of giving girls something to work with. Like we're giving them a feeling to feel inspired, to take their own action. Um, we're giving them resources to go out and explore um, their interests and their passions. Um, and it's just so much more than just, you know, publishing an interview on our website um and i think that something we're really focusing on which we um rebranded our mission statement to include was really just including worldwide perspectives and then shedding light on not just femininity in the workplace but rather how feminism intersects through so many different issues that women face across the globe today um that's something that we're kind of taking charge of and really getting girls to feel inspired and take action from what they gain from our website and our organization. That's, that's great. Yeah. I think it's really important to have these resources because um, I know when I was not younger, this was like, I don't know, beginning of this year, maybe last year, but um, I never really either. I didn't get the opportunity to look into things like this. Like when I was passionate about something, I kind of left it at that and I kind of didn't, you know, go beyond exactly. and, um, look into stuff but having like resources like this where it's like direct connections where you're like directly hearing from these people that have already done something really amazing in the career fields that you're looking into and um just getting that motivation I think is the most important thing so that's definitely something that's really great about um she did that so um you've interviewed a lot of people um a lot of professional career women so who are some of your favorite people or 
who are just some highlights that you've um, interviewed? Yeah, so um, I like to say I don't pick favorites um, just because I think from every story that I've heard from every woman that I've talked to and interviewed, I just gained something new, um, whether it's learning that taking risks is so important. And that's something that I've kind of just been trying to do more um, or learning that it's like, it's okay to accept failure at first. Like it's okay. Um, you just have to bounce back from it and you can do it. And I think just hearing from a bunch of different women, all kinds of career fields have kind of helped me shape that. And I think also um, I'm personally more interested in business and strategy and politics, but hearing from women from STEM fields and from artists and writers and um, more of like the creative field has also kind of opened my eyes to what really what problems that women face kind of universally but also like the difference in um, how you really build your career and how um, even like a principle in art can still be applied throughout the board um, in STEM or in politics or in business so um, I just like to say like I'm so grateful for my very first interview um, it was with Ellen Ochoa who was the who is the first Latina woman to be in space and she was also a former director of the NASA Johnson Space Center um, and as someone who just does does not work well with science with math anything like that um even like hearing her story about just everything that she went through um how she applied for an astronaut job at first and didn't hear back from them um and then she worked as an engineer and reapplied to be an astronaut and became one um and has just broken so many barriers since just hearing kind of like how resilience is really like a factor that helped her and her career and build um, everything that she's done today really inspired me. And although like it's from like a STEM field, I think like that can really be applied anywhere. And it's just something that I really hold dear to my heart today. Um, I will say that it's been really exciting to hear from women that I just never in a million years thought would even open my email, let alone reply to it. And I think one of those would be Danica Patrick, um, who is just an incredible woman, such a strong woman and a former professional race car driver who broke so many records being, you know, like the first woman um, to win like the Indy, Indy 300. I don't know. I'm not like a huge sports and entertainment person, but um, just like getting her to reply to my email, even just to answer a few questions was so awesome to me. Um, thank you, Danica. If you ever, listen to this um but just getting to kind of like fangirl over every single interview I've done is just definitely like something I love and cherish and something that just really gives me energy um so that if that answers your question at all yeah no totally that does um a lot of amazing people that you've talked to and um it's really great that you're sharing whatever conversations that you have with them with everyone else and other people that are so interested in what they do Okay, so now I'm going to move into something really new. Well, relatively new for podcast, the seven question speed round. So essentially what I've thought about is that a long, like 
I don't know, like the interview process, I feel like I don't want to make it. So it's like, you know, just facts on top of facts or like everyone's doing amazing things. But if we don't get a little breather break in between, it's a little hard to talk about stuff. So, (laughs) so yeah, so I have seven questions that are totally random, like not even close to related to whatever we're talking about today. But I'm just going to quickly... Karen seven questions again random and um Karen can answer them as fast as she can I mean it's not a race or anything but (laughs) you got it you got it okay so ready I guess I'll start okay so the first question favorite season fall 100% fall love fall everything about it like I love how it's still like warm um but like with a little bit of breeze um and I, oh, I just love fall, pumpkin, everything. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Agree. 100%. My favorite season, too. Okay. Yes. Um, have you ever worn socks with sandals? I'll have to say that I will admit in middle school, I was that girl who wore the black Nike socks with her Birkenstocks. Um, honestly, uh... I think it was just a fashion statement, and I stand by it. <laughs> honestly, I wear socks with my... Okay, Crocs are actually are my only footwear that I wear. But that's besides the point. Okay, um, what did you have for breakfast? This morning. Okay, so I actually woke up a little late, um, and I'm eating this Belvita. You guys can't see it if you're just listening to the podcast, which is why you should watch the video. Um, but I'm eating these <laughs> Belvita cinnamon brown sugar kind of breakfast biscuits. They are so good. I like wasn't a huge fan of Belvita to begin with, but these kind of like opened my eye and I like love eating them in the mornings. Those used to hit so different in yeah. school because I know my friends would have like a random pack of Belvita laying around and be like, oh, okay, that yeah. is what I need right now. Okay. Well, next question. How many cups of coffee do you drink in a day? So I've been kind of experimenting with coffee lately. Um, My brother got my parents like a Nespresso machine for Christmas. So we've kind of been playing around with that. Um, I try not to drink coffee unless I need it just because I don't want to become like super reliant before college. Um, But I'd say like one to two cups, um, probably like four, three to four times a week. That's yeah. that's definitely not extreme. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it like depends on the day for me. For me, I like, mm-hmm. I could drink like four cups one day and then like none the next. It's random. But my brother makes coffee like it's like water or mm-hmm. something. Like he, he goes that yeah. down and just, I don't know how many cups he has. <laughs> but um, if you could buy any type of food right now, what would you buy? So I am actually like really craving Chipotle. Um, and I'll tell you guys my order because I think it's the best order of all time. But I get a bowl, brown rice, chicken, um, fajitas, tomato, corn. I'm going like a little TMI. I know you guys probably don't want to hear it, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and then the green salsa thingy um, occasionally. And then cheese and lettuce. But I will get sour cream on the side um, and a tortilla on the side. And I think, like, you get a real, like, bang for your buck there. I'm a huge Chipotle fan, so there you go. No, yeah. Me too. Me too. 100%. I usually get a tortilla on the side just to make a burrito and mm-hmm. then also have the bowl left over. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that, 
That is it. Yeah, I get sofritas because I'm a vegetarian, so I give ham on sofritas or guac or something like that. But yeah, yeah Chipotle is all-time favorite restaurant for sure. Hands down. Um, are you a morning person or a night person? Oh, how I wish I could be a morning person. I've been trying. Trust me. Like I set like, I think 10 alarms, like starting at like 7 a.m. And I don't actually wake up until like 930. But um, I like just feel like so much more productive at night. Like even if I don't want to be like my mind is just racing. And like it's actually funny because I keep a journal right by my bed because I know like when I try to sleep, I always come up with like the most randomest like thoughts and ideas. Um and so, yeah, I guess I'm more of a night person in that sense. Yeah, no, for me, I'm, I used to be a morning person before quarantine. And then suddenly gyms closed down. So I stopped going to the gym oh. and everything stopped. And then like my morning routine just got all mixed up. And so like I became a night person as soon as school ended. And I was like, okay, no need to wake up. But um, last question, favorite footwear. Oh, okay. I like to say I'm like a huge fashion person. I love, 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 love clothing. Shopping is an addiction and it's really bad. Um, Thrifting, of course, but right now I haven't been thrifting as much because of COVID and everything. But my favorite footwear like that I own or that I like mm-hmm. want. Okay. Either, either works. Okay. Well, my favorite... Mm-hmm footwear of like literally all time is like my classic rainbow flip-flop sandals um with a thick strap because like they're just so like versatile and you can wear them like wherever um but I think like a a pair of shoes that I own that I just wear like if I'm if I just need a pair of shoes would be my air force ones they're really worn out um and old and I want new ones but they're just kind of like my staple pair yeah yeah, no, they go with everything, mm-hmm. not, like, any fit. It could be, like, a relaxed fit or a fancy – or, yeah. yeah, it's just versatile footwear. But, um, okay, well, that's the end of the – I think that's seven questions. I think I, I think I asked them all. So, yeah. That was fun. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so now we can just jump right back into whatever we were talking about. So um, you do a lot of work in – um before she did that and everything and there's so many inspirational women that share their stories with you and that's really amazing and um one of the areas that you're really interested is in politics so um I I know that what okay I'm gonna get my words together okay so what are some of your experiences in politics I guess as um as just whatever yeah yeah so um it's funny because in eighth grade in my civics class, like, that was, like, my least favorite class, like, I didn't like it, like, more than I didn't like science, which is just a lot, um, but sometime in high school, my friends were, like, Karen, you should run for student government, like, you have a broad student perspective, um, you're involved in so many things, so I did, um, and I'm proud to say that I served, I've, I've been serving in my school's student government, but also on the county level, um, Akanksha, we know each other because we're both representatives to the superintendent student advisory council for a county. Um, and that's just been an amazing experience. And since then, I've kind of been interested in what it really means um, to take government on 
like in a school level, local level, state level, and even national level. So I've been getting involved with a lot of um, different kind of types of campaigns and organizations. So this past year, I worked as a young fellow for One Virginia 2021, um, now turned Fair Maps Virginia. But it's basically um, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that works to end gerrymandering in Virginia. Um, And from that, I got to really immerse myself in state politics. Um, I have like huge role models in the Virginia General Assembly, which is where I'm from. Um, And like my delegate, for example, Carrie Delaney is like my absolute role model. Like I have a little note that she wrote me for like thanking me to like when I visited um, and it's like hanging up my uh, on my cork board at my desk. But since then, I've just really been so excited about politics and seeing like real tangible change happen there. Um, and so since then, I've been able to participate in programs such as the Running Start High School program, which I just completed last week. So bittersweet because it was an amazing experience. Um, and I got to actually interview their CEO, Susanna Welford, for my website. Um, But from there, I was able to kind of learn what it really takes to run a campaign, which is something that I never really thought of before. Um, But from there, like, I think that's something that I'm really interested in, like strategy, political management and strategy is just something that makes me, I don't know, curious and something that interests me. So I guess I've like done a lot of experience there, um, got just been I've just been like trying to find activities and programs and like events that I can participate in to kind of gain a broader understanding of what politics is currently and what it could be in the future. That's yeah, that's a lot of stuff that you've done in the um, politics field, I guess. But um, what were some of your like highlight experiences at like Running Start or I know you did Sorensen or you I don't know if you're currently in Sorensen. I don't know how that works. But um, just, I guess, your highlights. Yeah, so I'm officially a Sorensen alum for their high school program as of a few weeks ago. Um, And for the listeners here who don't know what the Sorensen Institute is, it's a um, political institution that's affiliated with the University of Virginia, but it's an institute for political leadership. And they do a lot around like training young leaders um, and people and candidates to run and feel empowered to run as well um and some of my favorite experiences from Sorensen um there were definitely a lot of highs and lows from that experience um but one thing that I really loved was listening to different speakers we got to listen to different speakers every morning um just around like local and state politics um and like careers in public service and advocacy and I just thought those were all so so inspiring um sneak peek of a lot of different interviews that are undergoing as she did that um and yeah so in running start which is actually which was actually a six-week virtual program when it was supposed to be on or in person for a week in dc um the program taught me so much what it means to you know run a campaign but also being a candidate so we run this campaign simulation throughout the course of six weeks and we have our own like campaign teams um and they randomly assigned candidates and i just so happened to be lucky enough to get picked um something i didn't really want to do originally um i kind of like thought i wanted to be like a communications director or something for a campaign um until i realized i had to be the candidate um but from that experience like 
I got to learn so much, like what it means to have a stump speech on hand, like an elevator pitch for your campaign, and also kind of how to present yourself as a candidate. Um, And that's something unique that I found from the Running Start program. Um, But other than that, just in both programs, being able to network with a bunch of other young leaders that are passionate um, and motivated and just so amazing and talented was definitely inspiring for me and something that was just the highlight of my summer. Um, Even though we're quarantined, can't really go out. Like I think those programs definitely make up for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's really great. I think those are two really valuable experiences that you have and they're going to help you in the future. You know, now, now, you know, maybe I'll run for president or something. Maybe. (laughs) 2036 are we seeing that well anyways um another thing that's not as um upbeat I guess to talk about but something unfortunate that a lot of women and even men face in the um as politicians is polarization so um what what exactly is your take on the current situation of like polarization and ways to like cope with it or just make it something that doesn't exist (laughs) yeah um that's a really great question and i feel like in today's political climate when so many young people are also getting involved we see a lot of divide um in the area that we live in akanksha um it's historically been for the past couple of years um very liberal um we see that like we almost all of our state legislators from our area are mostly democratic um, as well as kind of like where we lean towards and where we vote towards Um, and I think from that what's unique especially like something that I studied at Sorensen was actually polarization in Virginia um, because we are a conclusion that we came to is that we're a purple state because there is a there's a lot of heavy blue in places and there's a lot of heavy red in places too Um, But I think that polarization is just becoming a lot more radicalized, um, especially in light of recent administration um, and whatnot and whatever is happening on the Hill. Um, And I think that while polarization is a pressing problem, I think that there are a lot of people out there that are energized and passionate to helping solve it. Um, And I think that something that I heard from two delegates in the Virginia House of Delegates. Sorry that I'm bringing Virginia politics a lot. It's just (laughs) what I love, um, what I'm used to and hear about. But it was delegates Emily Brewer and Alex Askew. And they kind of talked about how 95% of the time, I believe um, they said 95, but 95% of the time they agree on issues. It's just that 5% of the time um, on kind of like heavily polarized and partisan issues that they come to disagree on. And I think that if we keep working to be open-minded and working for our people rather than a specific party or a political agenda and backroom games, for example, that's something that we can do um, and kind of push for for our future um, to kind of bridge that gap in polarization. And I think something that I came across the other uh, a few months ago, um, so for my AP Lang synthesis paper, I got to write about any topic I wanted to. Um, and so I actually did write about the lack of representation of women, um, a female representation in, in politics. And something that I found was that women are actually a lot 
more likely to work together on issues um, and to kind of work more for a bipartisan support on something, um, especially on the Hill, which is where the study pulled a lot of examples from. And I think that bringing more women into politics can actually help polarization um, and kind of bring more perspective onto the issue. So something that we see, especially with talks on um, abortion on the Hill and in Southern states, it's really hard for women to internalize those kind of conversations because most of the talk is being done by men and by male politicians. Um, And so I believe that like women should have a seat at the table, especially when discussions are concerning their own body. And I know that girls all over the world are so pumped up by that issue as well and have been fighting for it, which I'm really proud of. Um, and I think that this, this kind of era that we're in with a lot more youth involvement in politics is something that is truly amazing um, and transcending and something that can really do something for our future, which is why like through programs like Running Start, um, where we're, really empowered to run for office and to really have that mindset like yes girl you can do it like no matter what you're told like you have what it takes to run and I think that's something that running start really drilled on and something that I really recommend for um, all girls to just have that kind of empowering mindset um, that you can do it and building just that kind of network that really pushes you guys to do your best and really supports you is something that I loved about the running start program I really feel like I'm like advertising for them, but I swear (laughs) I'm not being paid. Um, But I think that like going back to the point of women in politics, like that can be a tool and a catalyst for bridging polarization gaps, um, whether it's on the local level, the state level, or even on national politics and even the international stage as well. That's awesome. And I think you're already doing a part in that where you're bringing together um, woman of all different career fields and she did that and whether it be politics or not but at least you're you know helping helping just kids I guess get their interests and gain their interests in whatever they they um, want to specialize in or have a career in and that, I think that's really amazing so I think we're about to wrap it up so um I will just quickly shout out your socials. I can't English today. But yeah, I'll just quickly shout out your socials. Okay. So um, everyone can go follow at she did that blog on Instagram and she dash did dash that.com is their amazing website with a bunch of a whole lot of stuff so everyone can go look into that and I just want to thank Heron thank you so much for joining me today and I had an awesome time talking to you and I think you're doing really great things so thank you so much for coming so much Akansha no thank you so much for inviting me to be here it was just such an honor and a great opportunity to talk about um, what we did talk about today and I just I love every time we talk I think we always just bring a new topic of discussion and it's always something great and gives me a lot of food for thought too all right thank you so much